The planet is heating up. The oceans are becoming filled with plastic. Change starts now. Change starts now. We're on a countdown. To zero waste. Five, four, three, two, one. This is the Zero Waste Countdown Podcast. Here's your host, Laura Nash. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Zero Waste Countdown podcast and radio show. Today, we're speaking with Leonardo Alvarez. He is actually the CEO of Proterra. Now, this is a really cool company that involves tech and some um, some biology, so we're going to find out all about that. So welcome to the show, Leonardo. It's so cool to have you. Thanks, Laura. I'm really excited to, to be here and happy to discuss with you some of our uh, challenges, especially around sustainability. So Proterra is, is mainly combating uh, food waste. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, exactly. So actually at Proterra, we, we have developed a core technology that is based on artificial intelligence that allows us to design and create new proteins for specific challenges. And, and we do have many internal products. One of our products, it's around food protection. We want to decrease uh, food waste. That's a, a key issue in the food industry. So one of the products it's actually to avoid contamination, you know, fungal growth in, in different food products, which is one of the main issues around food waste. So this is where we get the two products. Uh, so if, if you go to Proterra website, we have Proterra Guard and Proterra Sense. So can you tell us what those two products do? Exactly. So the, the first product, Proterra Guard, it's actually a protein that uh, allows food companies to extend shelf life of their products by inhibiting the growth of certain fungal strains that usually contaminate bakery products. We are at the beginning focusing on, on bakery shelf life extension. And there is a, you know, a big issue around bread being contaminated with, with different fungal strains and there's a big waste on, on those products even before they reach the consumer. So that, that's where we want to really uh, approach the industry and we are working with multiple food companies testing this product already in industrial setups. So for us, the challenge is now how to produce it and scale it. On the other side, uh, ProteraSense, it's actually a, a protein that allows us to transform vegetable oils and can optimize texture. And the idea and the vision for that specific product is to replace and reduce palm oil consumption. So with the fungus that's growing on the bread, is that like mold that we would see? Exactly. It's it's the classic mold that you see when, when you yeah. uh, open a, a bread, a white bread in, in your house. And then, you know, after one week, you probably see that mold growing. Yeah. Okay. So if we use ProteraGuard on the bread... Would that mean we wouldn't have to put so many preservatives into the bread? Exactly. And, and that, that's one of the key uh, values that we bring on the table. It's, you know, we, we know that consumers and, and ourselves, we don't want to be using all those uh, preservatives that are, uh, you know, chemical components that have a lot of environmental impact, but also there is mounting evidence around the impact on human health too. So we are developing a product that is based on a protein so it can be easily digested 
uh, once you eat it. So there is no, you know, toxic issues or, or uh, allergenicity issues. And then it, it actually outperforms the current additives that are being used in the food industry. Well, that sounds really great because when I look at bread in the grocery store or tortillas or something in Canada, there's like 10 ingredients on the the ingredient list. And I don't know what a lot of that stuff is. And so I'm not too keen on feeding it to my child or eating it myself. Uh, so I, I make bread at home now. It took me a long time to learn. And it's just flour, water, and salt. So I feel like if we had, you know, this this Proterra guard uh, that we could eliminate a lot of those ingredients that I can barely pronounce. Do you happen to know, like, any of those ingredients that go into bread as a preservative that may be harmful? Sure, definitely. And then the, the main, uh, you know, additives that companies are using right now in the bakery industries includes uh, calcium propionate, for example, or, or other sorbates that... They have many issues, right? For, for in, in one side, you need to add a lot to, to have the, the required effect, but also it will impact the, the flavor of the product because they, these ingredients work mostly on acidic conditions, right? So that, that ends up impacting the, the flavor of the product too. Okay. And so do we know of anything that's bad for human health or for the environment? So are there any ingredients that ProTerraGuard could replace that are harmful for the environment or for our health? Yes, definitely. And there is, as I mentioned, mounting evidence on, on the impact of uh, high concentrations of uh, propionates, for example. Uh, a lot of uh, recent research being conducted on on animal experiments and seeing the impact on increasing levels of um, insulin, for example. So th there is mounting evidence on the impact on, on uh, potential impact on human health. And so that, that's one side of the equation. And then the other, on the other hand, for food companies, they know that the new consumer is looking for, for clean labels, right? And that means reducing the number of additives that they put in their products and that's where, where our ingredient also comes in. Right? We can replace two or three additives uh, with one protein, which is a natural protein being produced through fermentation, which is also a natural process that then will go into the, the, the food product. Oh, you're, you're producing it through fermentation. So uh, we talked about this a long time ago with a company that was um, fermenting with sugars to make, I think, like uh, replacements for petroleum in makeup and, and cosmetics like hand cream and stuff uh, like that. So how are you using the fermentation process? So there is, you know, a growing number of companies using uh, precision uh, fermentation. That's how, how it's called it today. To, to produce different type of products. And the way we use the fermentation is that we, we put our protein into a yeast, basically, and then the yeast uh, consumes sugars to produce the protein. And then we recover those, that protein as a yeast extract. And, and that's how we, we end up with the final product. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and then you were, you said that you used AI as well. So how does the AI come in to Proterra? That, that's a very good question, and, and actually it's, it's the core technology that we have at the company, and, and we designed this artificial intelligence platform that it's called MADI to, to understand how nature 
have developed all the proteins that we see around, right? From from proteins in our skin, uh, proteins that allows us to breathe, etc. So we wanted to really uncover those patterns, how those proteins works, and then we use all those learnings that were captured by our AI to then identify and design new products that are based on on that knowledge, right? So then we can use this platform to find proteins that will have certain properties. Like, for example, if it's a protein that will go into bread, it needs to resist high temperatures, right? Besides the the key function, which is inhibiting the growth of this mold, then it needs to resist high temperature. It needs to be soluble at some point to to allow uh, proper manufacturing. So we can find all those properties in natural proteins and then say, okay, this is the right protein for this application. And then we, we take that protein and produce it uh, through fermentation. So it's really the core technology. So does it act a little bit like a catalog? Like is the, the AI going through a long, almost list, if you will, of all the different proteins? Exactly. So we, we have shown to the AI first all the proteins we know from, from nature and all the proteins that exist because scientists in the past seven, 70 years have been studying proteins and you know we have a lot of data around that. So our, our uh, AI engineers have developed a proprietary database that then we can uh, show to the platform to, to learn those patterns. And then indeed we do have kind of a catalog of uh, edible proteins and then we search through that catalog with the AI to, to select the one that will have the properties we are looking for. Wow, that's amazing. So it's like a, a giant encyclopedia <laughs> almost. Of exactly. Things. And, and, and it, what it's interesting is that, you know, sometimes we have in this uh, internal catalog some proteins that are annotated to, to have certain function, but then we realize they are really good at, I don't know, providing emulsification properties or, or uh, texturizing properties or foaming properties. So then you can discover new functions for proteins that were already known. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is so cool. Uh, so I do want to get into palm oil. So if you're listening, uh, stay tuned. We're going to get into palm oil because that's a big a big thing in the environment. But I, um, I just have another question about the AI. So MADI, M-A-D-I, what does that stand for? Exactly. I, I was reading about that. MADI? Yes, that, that's correct. So it, it actually... Uh, it had a meaning at the beginning, but uh, not anymore because it has evolved uh, a lot over the course of the development of the company. So, but we, we stayed with the name. I think it's, it's, you know, a cool name and yeah, that's all. What, so what, what is up with Maddie? Cause I remember reading on your website that it, it was developed over the last 70 years. Um, so is Maddie like part of the AI? No. So Maddie, it's actually the, the AI platform, right? It, it's a, a a set of different deep learning algorithms that allows us to uh, to learn from proteins and, and proteins are very complex molecules so you, you need to to learn from you know the molecular structure and other physical and chemical properties so we we have developed this set of different ai modules that allows us to to uh, extract those patterns from from proteins Okay, so when the website says it was developed over the last 70 years, th- that would probably just be the work that scientists have been doing for so long, identifying Exactly right. Okay, cool. That's, okay, that, that's right. Thank you for clearing that up. 
because I was like, oh, there must be some history uh, behind here. But isn't it fascinating how science works and we keep building on it? And this is what I try to keep saying on the show is that I think tech and uh, development is going to, you know, we're just going to keep getting more advanced and cleaner, uh, which is is very cool. And this is just a great example of it. Um, So palm oil. I don't know if you're if you're listening, if you remember this commercial from a couple Christmases ago, they had this orangutan commercial where the forest was being destroyed for palm oil. And then it said, please don't use palm oil if you can. And it was really sad. And then there's a YouTube video with an orangutan trying to beat up a, a piece of construction equipment. And it's absolutely heartbreaking. I'm going to tear up just thinking about it. I really don't like that video. Um, so I, I think you probably know if you're listening to the show that palm oil is a big problem. And uh, Proterra is working on replacing palm oil. Um, so I have a couple questions for you around that. So first of all, why is it so environmentally harmful for us to use palm oil? Yeah, that's a, that's a very interesting uh, topic. And, and the main issue with palm oil is that it only grows on, on certain regions of the planet, right? So that's why you, you see a lot of deforestation to, to occupy that space to grow palm oil. And, and so that, that's one of the, the main environmental concerns. And the reason why we are using more and more palm oil is because it provides a texture that it's highly desirable by consumers in the food industry. And I'm, I'm talking about this kind of spreadable texture and it's a high melting point uh, vegetable oil. So it, it spreads at, at a room temperature and you know you can obtain some solid fractions that then can be used in some uh, confectionery applications or to make uh, cookies and a lot of uh, bakery applications. So that, that's the main reason. And the palm oil consumption actually started to to grow a lot because before using palm oil food companies were using other ingredient that was actually worse for human health and and that ingredient is the the partially hydrogenated oils so that's basically any kind of liquid vegetable oil that is processed through a chemical uh, process that transform unsaturated fats into saturated fats so it increased the melting point the problem is that in the process, you generate trans fatty acids, and those are really bad for human health. It increases coronary disease risk, uh, diabetes, etc. So it's thousands of papers linking trans fatty acids to, to, uh, to uh, impacting human health. Then the FDA imposed a, a ban on the use of uh, partially hydrogenated oils that actually started in, in 2015, but none of the companies could commit to replace entirely partially hydrogenated oil because it you know the, the monetary impact is huge it's around it was estimated to be 16 billion dollars and then alternatives to to partially hydrogenated oils are other vegetable oils like cocoa butter for example that it's made it's using in chocolate it provides this melt in your mouth texture and the nicest nut but cocoa butter is super expensive and then the only alternative is palm oil or palm oil fractions so that's the main reason why we are we are consuming it and the main impact in, in the environment. Mm-hmm. I think that cocoa uh, would not be as sustainable either. Like because I've I've been down to the Amazon and seen where they burn the forest to grow chocolate because uh, that's where the the cocoa um, would come from, right? As an alternative to to palm oil. Exactly, and and it you then have the same issue, right? 
it, deforestation. It, it only grows in exactly it grows in in certain regions. So you you can't really rely on these very specific uh, vegetable oils. That then that the only way to grow it is by by uh, deforestating. So that's where our, our solution comes in, which is a, a, a new protein that it's it's an enzyme actually. Like proteins can can transform substrate into products, and, and those are called enzymes. And we have developed this process that allows us to replace the chemical process. We can with a, a, an enzymatic method, which is much more healthier and and naturally inspired. We can transform melting point low melting point vegetable oils into high melting point vegetable oils, releasing pressure from, from palm. So you can use other uh, vegetable oils that grows in, in other part of the world to produce the same product. In that way, you, you release this pressure from, from cacao butter or, or chia butter or palm oil. So you can, you can do it with any vegetable? Exactly. We, we have tested with right now with sunflower oil, canola oil, and we're expanding as we continue developing this process in, in our lab to, to make sure that then we can integrate different types of substrates to, to make sure and make sure that we can have consistently the same product at the end. Because the, that texture, the, uh, the consistency, sorry, um, the consistency, I imagine, would just be so important because I have a, a can of coconut oil and it's definitely not oil it's like a block it's like a bar exactly. of soap it's, yes it's like a fat right a vegetable fat yeah and so i try to make some granola with it and then i have to scrape it off and kind of chunk it off and then i have to melt it and uh and then it's fine once it gets on the the oatmeal but i can see that if you were trying to have a a nice consistency at room temperature that coconut oil wouldn't really work for a lot of things i think Exactly, and and that that's uh, exactly the process uh, where we are right now, which is you know working with food companies, and and they are helping us in this transition to understand what's the the actual need, and and it's like redefining, not thinking about what can we do with uh, what we have out there, but it's how we can design a product that it's perfect for the final application with our process. So we are adjusting, you know, the melting point. Something for some applications you need uh, 30 degrees Celsius. For others you need a uh, 35 degrees Celsius melting point. And and that's something we can really fine tune with this enzymatic process compared to, you know, extracting palm oil and mixing with other uh, vegetable oils to, to obtain something that is close to to uh, the application that you need. Could you use corn or soy? Because I know that those are very popular crops in North America. Exactly. We, we can indeed in use it. Yeah, because I know the Midwest and even farmers here in Canada, it just seems like an easy crop. I don't know if it's easy. I don't want to insult farmers if it's not, but it just seems to be very prevalent, I guess, like the corn-soy uh, rotation. Um, so, yeah, if you could maybe use that. and I, I don't know. I think there's a lot of corn corn syrup put into a lot of our food that's probably not very healthy for us yeah ex- ex- exactly i mean that, that that's a uh, one of the interesting substrate and and if you look at those products are, are really cheap too right because they they i don't know sell for 600 or, or 450 dollars per ton which is really cheap compared to uh, cacao butter that sells uh, i don't know last time i checked it was eight thousand dollars per ton so, you know, you have this, this massive difference and it's mainly driven by the applications. 
the texture that you can generate with, with other oils that melt at high temperature. Do you know if soy le- lecithin, is that, am I saying it right? Soy lecithin? Soy lecithin, lecithin yeah. That, that's a, a kind of a phospholipids extracted from, from, from soy, but not, not for the same application. Okay, so that's not for the same thing as palm oil. Exactly. It's, it's used as, as emulsifiers. Mm-hmm. Whereas palm oil is used for more to, consistent... To provide, exact, to provide texture. Like, if, if, for example, if you're making chocolate, uh, mm-hmm. 50% of the chocolate, it's, it's just a vegetable oil. It's fat. That, that's what it, uh, you know, it brings this nice melt uh, in your mouth texture. That, that's wow. the, the vegetable oil, that it's, it's higher melting point. Uh-huh. Oh, that's interesting. Um, well, I want to know a little bit more about you, Leonardo, because I think this is some pretty fantastic work. And I took a little bit of science in university, but I'm not a scientist. Uh, so could you explain to me a little bit like about your background and how you got into combating food waste through AI and science? Sure. So um, I have a background in, in biotech engineering and I studied here in, in Chile, in Santiago. And, and early on in my career, I was involved in, and I really like the, the computational side of things. So I was uh, in, at some point in my life between studying uh, computer science or, or uh, biotech because I also like the, the bio components. So I ended up in, uh, studying uh, biotechnology engineering and then during this a process I learned a lot about computational biology so that really captured my attention I love to uh, combine these two sciences and understand and predict use computational tools to predict biology and to learn from biology and and specifically around proteins so I, I come from a scientific background I, and that's how I got into developing the core technology and during this process we will i met with my co-founder francia she's also from from uh, biotech engineering and we started to think about developing a company but from from the scientific perspective by bringing a new tool that will really improve predictions around biological uh, processes and and biological molecules and then we realized okay this really have some interesting applications so in 2017 uh, we decided to, we founded the company and we moved to San Francisco because we received an investment from, from IndieBio, which is a biotech accelerator in, in the Bay Area. And then we, we got in contact with the food industry and we realized, okay, there is a lot of issues here that we can solve with proteins. And we are really good at predicting how proteins perform. So let's apply this AI technology into the food industry to create the next generation ingredients, replacing a lot of chemical components that are being used right now with proteins that you know are, can can really outperform those ingredients but also uh, will not impact the environment and will not be bad for human health that's how we come out to uh, with the idea and and how we get to to develop these products that's amazing and did you have a lot of competition for the the indie award that you got so were you already in california when you got that or are you still in chile it was actually an interesting story. We, we had already started the company in Chile in 2016, and then we were in a kind of pitch competition in, in Mountain View. And then one of the judges was actually the scientific, the chief scientific officer of IndieBio, and he really loved the application around uh, 
transforming vegetable oils. That was one of our first applications. And he loved the idea and, and we actually lost that, that pitch competition, but he, he came to us and said, you know, you have something really interesting here and, and uh, we want to, to know you better. And, and then at the, the day after that, they actually offer us to, to invest in the company. And we decide, okay, let's let's go to San Francisco, and, and we move to to SF. Oh, nice! Oh, that's so cool. Um, I I just love that people are interested in in funding some of these projects because it really could make a world of difference. And I think it's so cool that human beings have this this power and intelligence uh, to clean things up and and make things better. It's it's very cool. Um, so, how did you get interested in sustainability? Was this ever about sustainability or was it more about the the science like are you into the environment yeah i mean if, if you look at the the science perspective we do it it's always linked to to sustainability and and we we learn early on from different researchers whole current processes and are really impacting our environment right and i think our, our generation really was born with that mission to, to change how we we are, you know, deforestating our planet or how we are feeding people really bad stuff. So, and we know that, and, and we know it from, from the science perspective, we know we have facts about it, right? So I think it, it always was linked. Yeah. Um, so what's next for Proterra? So we, we recently have received some, some investment from a VC fund in, in Europe. We relocated part of the team to, to Paris, actually, to leverage the expertise around fermentation and the facilities that, that uh, you can access in Europe. So we are expanding the team there. We have we are exploring, indeed, new applications in, in the food industry, replacing multiple ingredients that are really bad for, for human health and for the environment. Uh, we started with these uh, preservatives, then palm oil. We are also working indeed in, in emulsifiers. So that, that's also something we, we have in mind. And you know, we, we work with a lot of companies that are really uh, mission-driven and they want also to, to replace these uh, current additives. And a lot, of, a lot of what we see in the future is to enable uh, a protein-based world and, and you know enable these companies that are replacing animals for example from from the food industry I think that's also key and proteins can do all that mm-hmm. are you a vegetarian yourself or a vegan not really but I will definitely change to to a, a plant-based source if you can deliver the same uh, you know flavors and texture and, and I think that will drive a lot of uh, change in the industry from what we call the, the flexitarians Right, that we will change because we understand the sustainability, the sustainability issues behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I think like uh, the carne asadas are a pretty popular thing. I remember going to those in Chile, and they were quite an amazing cultural experience with big families around and music. And um, we did some pits as well, like where you you dig a pit and then put the meat in the pit. I guess you probably I don't know if you know about that process. Yeah, exactly. Curanto, definitely. So when, when you grow in that culture, it's really difficult to change. But we, we are already seeing that, that you know, a lot of people is actually transitioning. But it's hard to, to convince, uh, especially in, in Latin America, I think. We, we, we grow with that culture. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's uh, some pretty good food there. I remember like the empanadas, you can get all different kinds of empanadas. Even the McDonald's were serving empanadas. <laughs> you could get all yeah, different. Yeah, that, that's actually cool. Yeah, that's nice. And um, the ahi sauce, that was, uh, it's like a spicy ketchup. That stuff is good. <laughs> I like that. Right. Yeah. Not so spicy as the Mexican one, but yeah, we, we do have that. Yeah, it's like milder than, yeah. But um, yeah, I just have like the fondest memories of Chile. I absolutely love it. And it's so cool to talk to you um, being from Santiago and uh, and going to university there and, and doing AI and biotech and all these really interesting things that are helping the world. And now you're in Europe and you're in California and uh, something's going to really take off and be all over the world. So I will, I will watch out for bread uh, that has has less ingredients in it and maybe it will be because proterra uh has helped in my area so that'll be pretty cool um so thank you so much leonardo it was really cool talking to you no thanks to you for for the invitation i really enjoyed the discussion and definitely we're looking forward to to change the world there is a lot of other companies that doing a, a lot of progress here so I, I don't think it will be just one startup it takes a lot of uh, you know, effort to change the entire food system. But I think we are, we're in a good track. Yeah, absolutely. And one person can't do everything, right? So many, many people working on many different things. And, and this is so exciting. If you're listening and you're young, maybe you're in high school, you're wondering what to go to university for. Uh, I would, you know, I would really look into the sciences because I think there's going to be a lot of cool companies like this that you could maybe get some really cool jobs in and really make a difference around the world in sustainability. Um, so I think that that's really cool too. Was there anything else that you wanted to add? No, just to, to follow on your last comment, I definitely think, you know, the, the interface between biology and, and uh, computational sciences, it's, it's something super exciting. A lot, a lot of companies are looking for that, for that expertise and it's actually missing. So, and, and we, we do have that challenge always to find the right people that, that will combine these two worlds. Oh, yeah, that's that's really cool because we've definitely never talked about that combination before on the show. Yeah, this has been really great. Um, so thank you. And uh, for listeners, if they want to check you out, Proterra.com. Is that the website? It's ProterraBio.com. ProterraBio.com. Cool. So you can check that out there and see what they're doing with their products, Proterra Guard and Proterra Sense and what they're working on and uh, how the AI works. That was Leonardo Alvarez. He's the CEO of Proterra. Change starts now. This is the Zero Waste Countdown Podcast.